As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All of these specs are galaxies, and in those galaxies are 100 billion planets. You can't even comprehend just this photo. You can't. You're just like, oh, I see the image. We are so small. You're sitting over here being like, did you hear about Jessica? She fell out of hair school. Shut up. Nothing matters. I'm, I just don't I, don't, I don't know what matters. Why are we here? Who am I? Who are you? Why are you watching this? Why am I talking to this? What am, what? My panini's cold. Shut up. You are a grain of sand. You are less than a grain of sand. Shut up. Be nice to people. Have some fun. Go do some fun ass shit. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Monday, July 18th. We're here in the Classic Factory. I'm J.E. Skeets, and alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. Podcast listeners, great to see you again. Back from sunny Florida. It's <laughs> a top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. hey Ayo! And last but not least, making the magic happen, super producer, GD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Shout out to the stream team. Joining us live right now on YouTube, we'd love to see it. Subscribe, like, comment, share the show, all that good stuff. Email in your NBA questions to no dunks at theathletic.com. We got a lot of new podcasts for you this week. <laughs> no bunts coming at you again on Wednesday. You got the home run derby tonight. Uh, and TK will be joining you on Wednesdays. No yeah, bunts. I'm excited. Whoosh, yeah. There you go. Dingers. All-star game as well. Kenny right. Beecham is coming on. What? Yeah, he just threw out a first pitch at a White Sox game. <laughs> yeah, we talk about it every third show. Do we? <laughs> yeah. we don't know that much about baseball yet. He's got his first pitch. Yeah, it's great. That's great. Okay, He's so that's a, that is an action-packed uh, no buns here. You got Kenny Beecham, it. you got Trey, and then you got all this stuff to talk about with the yeah. uh, home run derby and the All Star game. Okay, that's on Wednesday, and later this week, uh, probably on Friday, we are going to be doing film session for the Rise movie, the Giannis Disney movie. So if you haven't watched that, you got all week to do so. And then we'll get back here in the Classic Factory and break it all down. JD's already watched it, but he refuses to share any of his thoughts on the movie mm, with us. He's that's right. saving them in the chamber. Has anybody watch it yet? Just no, the trailer for I have, me. I have I rewatched the trailer. Yeah. It's gotten a bit stale. I think I'm going to have to dip in again. Uh-oh. Mm. I've kind of forgotten. That's why I didn't want to watch yeah. it. Man. I'm, I'm waiting until Thursday night, man. Yeah. Got to be fresh. Okay. That's what I get for being prepared. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, TK, how was Florida? It's great to have you back here. Sunny. Yeah. You're right. Sunny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I went from Florida 
I went from Atlanta to Florida to Las Vegas to Florida. <laughs> Back to Atlanta. <laughs> Back to Atlanta. Only going places where it's 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Only going to pools uh, or maybe the beach a little bit of time. We went to Disney, had some dinners there, met some characters. Uh, my whole family was saying, ha, 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 you're the goofy of our family. Oh, of course, you know, yeah. a big, tall, silly guy. And then I realized I was wearing an orange shirt and blue pants. Literally exactly the same as Goofy. So I felt like a fool then. Also felt like a fool when I was like, I'll play it cool. I'll be the guy playing in the waves with his sunglasses on. Now they're at the bottom of the Mariana Trench. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The girls were honestly devastated when I lost my glasses. They're like, Daddy, I loved those glasses. I was like, girls, it's okay. I picked those glasses because I knew I would lose them. Oh. So shout out to MVMT. <laughs> so you, you, can't, you, can't, you can't go Classic. get them, eh? Like, I, thought, I thought I would. I was like, yeah. okay, I'm going in. I'm going in right away. I'm going to go in there and check. Isla, give me your tiny goggles. I smash them on my face <laughs> as possible. Go under. I don't know if you know this about the ocean. Huge waves. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the whole bottom of the floor, it's all sand. So I went under there. You can't see anything. No, I, yeah, I mean, well, it's like three feet deep and it's just uh, waves everywhere. Salt. I was like, well... Charge it to the game. Oh. Maybe some fish is wearing those glasses now. <laughs> the girls are like, to this day, to this day, I'm telling this like it's a story. It's <laughs> like a week <laughs> ago. Every day, Isla wakes up, she's like, you know, Dad, maybe your sunglasses washed up and somebody's got a nice pair of sunglasses. Oh, now. yeah, like, that's nice yeah, maybe, look at it. Yeah, maybe they are. <laughs> Not me, though. <laughs> Not yeah, me, though. Maybe a fish is wearing them. Or yeah, maybe a something. fish has them on. All right. Well, it's great to have you back here. Uh, no Lily, of course. Uh, I think... Uh, from the last Instagram post I saw from his wife, I believe he's standing in front of the pyramids right now. It's hard to keep in up. Egypt. Yeah, I think that's where he is, or was. Uh, so, where in the world is uh, <laughs> Lee Ellis, the new Carmen San Diego? He's the international man of mystery for a reason. Uh, we got lots to talk about here, though, today. Just uh, a, a ton of NBA content, really, to discuss. Um, trade rumors swirling sort of around. Well, Donovan Mitchell, I mean, that's still nothing's happened with that. We get TK's thoughts on that. We talked about it in pretty great detail. Last week, we got Russell Westbrook trade rumors, we got Kyrie Irving trade rumors, and then we've got a bunch of silly things like New Jersey's coming out. I think the Cavs just dropped New Jersey's mm-hmm. uh, right this second. Uh, maybe we can get JD to get the, a tweet of that <laughs> while we're uh, on here. the fly here. But um, nice. turnaround. we really will we'll do a deep dive on the... Um, Tyler Hero chest tattoo. <laughs> I know you love that chest <laughs> oh tattoo. Oh my god! Oh, my oh god. if you're doing a deep dive, see if you can find my sunglasses. <laughs> but let's start with uh, the big news from late last week on Thursday. The Suns matched the Pacers' four-year, $133 million offer sheet for restricted free agent center DeAndre Ayton. Okay, so this is clearing the way for him to return to the Suns. They had until I think it was like 11:59 p.m. Eastern on Saturday to match that that offer sheet. The largest offer sheet in NBA history, uh, but they just matched it basically immediately. It was like three minutes later, uh, and and you know some people surprised uh, by this. And sure. can they make this work? Uh, because now he can't be traded until January fifteenth, and and he has to like okay any trade within the next calendar year. So, what mm-hmm. do you think about this? Uh, the Suns ultimately decided to keep him. It is strange how they got there, mm-hmm. but I do think it's the right move when it comes down to it. It's kind of like that couple you didn't think would work out you know they're button heads for a long time but they got together and they're going to be stronger for it I think I don't I don't think DeAndre Ayton who has been labeled sort of as a a guy who's not professional you know the last six months the fallout that game seven he only played 17 minutes against the Dallas Mavericks it's been labeled as a guy who just plays video games and all that but he got signed to this contract by the Indiana Pacers for a reason because he's capable and I, I don't think that signing an offer sheet with another team 
burns the bridge with his old team. I, I only I do think it will make them make him stronger. I think he he'll be a little bit more professional. Is he gonna be any less professional? No, I don't think so. I think he still could be traded at some point. He still could approve right. it, uh, as you said. So they just couldn't let him go for nothing, is what you're getting at. Yeah, yeah, and the Durant deal wasn't there. I, I don't think that was available, or mm-hmm. else they would have made that deal. They were in a sign and trade, mm-hmm. or or whatever. And look, this is I think the best thing that they had available. And if you look back, offer sheets they don't happen a lot in the NBA where somebody else is signed and then the the team that current that has the players' rights retains them. But I look back to 2014. Gordon Hayward was a Utah Jazz. And he was playing well. He got he got signed by the Charlotte Hornets back in 2014, right. and the Jazz matched that offer sheet. He came back and played his best basketball of his career. He became an All Star. Maybe he wasn't a number one like DeAndre Ayton isn't a number one, but he can play with number you know, a number one, number two with uh, Devin Booker and Chris Paul. I just think that at this point. It's the right thing, and I do think it'll make him stronger. I mean, this is just totally me projecting. Mm-hmm. He could be a lousy player, I guess, but he's a 17-10 and 10 guy, and he's a very solid player. And, yeah, again, the Durant deal probably wasn't there. That was their number one option, I would guess. What do you think about Aiton staying with the Suns? No problem like Tassasan? Run, sort of run it back. I mean, you had the most wins in the yeah. NBA last year. You went to the finals the year before that. What do you think? Obviously, DeAndre Ayton's good, but this to me is a little bit of a what are we running here from the front office and from the coaching staff and kind of all of the executive class of uh, Phoenix Suns out there. Like Tess is saying, you can't let him go for nothing, but you also didn't need to make it into an adversarial thing <laughs> right. only to match like literally right away. It's interesting you bring up Gordon Hayward because even though he did come back to the Jazz and he was pretty solid there, that kind of did burn the bridges with Utah, and that's why he left a year early, because he got that offer sheet from the Hornets that allowed him to get out of his contract a year early. Different stuff for Aiton, but clearly there's some sort of animosity between Monty Williams and him, which is probably more of a concern than it would be between the front office, but they had to bring him back. Like, we all saw Bismack Biombo play well in the play, or during the regular season last year. We all saw JaVale McGee have nice moments. You're not rolling with those guys as your starting centers if you're really trying to win an NBA championship. You need a guy more so like Aiton, and maybe Tass is right. Maybe they can mend the holes in the relationships, get back on the same page, and start winning a whole bunch of games. That usually helps. But also, like, there was no reason to, <laughs> to have this happen at all if you're going to match right away. Yeah. Everybody knew he was coming back. Unless he was going to be traded. The trade wasn't there, but now you've got him pissed off. Surely some of the Suns are pissed off with the way that everything went went down uh, during the playoffs last year, during the offseason so far. So it just seems like a lot of hassle and a lot of stress to just bring him back and right. hope that everything's okay. Yeah, I guess it can go two ways. He can either embrace the tough love for Monty Williams, because I think that's the relationship that's a bit of an issue, yeah. or, or is there something going on there? Or he can run away from it. and. All he has to do is embrace it for a year, uh, and and he can get dealt. You know, yeah. sort of like like Hayward left. I just think at this point of his career, he's not he's not going to fade away. And this is just me watching from the outside, but I just don't think he's a guy who's just going to buckle under the pressure and and run away and be a bad basketball player or or a malcontent in that locker room. I, th- I think it'll work out for both sides. It is odd how they got here. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really make a ton of sense. What about the Pacers side of things too? Like, what does this mean? Really, for Miles Turner, I mean, yeah. they're signing a center I, I here. They want the trade block. You think I so? Feel it, yeah. I feel like they might still be interested in trading him, but uh, I don't know. They tried to get a little bit better, and then they would have been easy to move off of Miles Turner. Yeah. But surely he'll get dealt at some point between now and February. I, I would think so. Have we 
mentioned Miles Turner be on the trade block more or Kenny Beecham coming on the show more? <laughs> yeah, it's close. It's close? Okay. It's very close. I know you're keeping track, so I just want to ask. <laughs> All right, we'll see. We'll wait for the Miles Turner uh, trade news uh, that'll happen hopefully soon. Okay, on Friday, let's keep it going here. Like, like I said, we got tons to talk about. Uh, the Spurs and forward Keldon Johnson agreed to a four-year $80 million extension. Uh, just for those that don't know, Keldon Johnson... Played a lot for the Spurs last year and played well. He averaged 17.1 points per game and shot nearly 40% from deep, like just under 39.8. Uh, so he gets paid here. A pretty respectable contract, 20 year, twenty million uh, per year, Trey. What do you think about this news? Basically getting those Dort dollars. Yeah. So I'm fine with that. Uh, definitely sticker shock, just like with Dort seeing $80 million. I think it was 87 for Dort, but uh, $80 million for Keldon Johnson, a player that not a lot of people know. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of the going rate for a starter. And like you said, Skeets, he was really solid last year. Almost 40% from three, 17 a game. So good for him. He's making basically 10 times more in salary uh, next season uh, than he made this current season as a 29th draft pick a couple of seasons back. He's going to make more next season than he's made yet in his entire career. So shout out to him and shout out to the Spurs because the price could definitely go up on Keldon Johnson. He's going to lead him in scoring next year with uh, the DeJounte Murray trade, uh, who led the Spurs in scoring last year. Johnson was second. So Murray's gone. Derek White, uh, their third leading scorer, he's gone. We could be looking at 22 a game easily for Keldon Johnson, and then, you know, that would be a more expensive contract for the Spurs. But right now they got him locked up on a pretty solid deal here. Four years, 80 mil, 20 per, per season. That's tradable in the future, or if he becomes a really, really awesome player, that's a great deal to have him on. So nice stuff for the Spurs and for Keldon Johnson. Great name, Keldon. Great player. Great contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, very well liked in USA Basketball's program. Yeah, seems to be a guy that uh, sort of would fit on any basketball team. And yeah. at 20 per, now their highest paid player. Uh, just makes sense in that sort of that slot where they can still put in a number one above him, like a max player. And for this coming season where he's still making a, a, a minuscule $3.8 million, they can take on Russell Westbrook's contract mm-hmm. or something of that sort because they are paying no one. Uh, Doug McDermott is their high pay, highest paid player at 13 per. So a good long-term move, but they're ready to tank and they are uh, you know, willing to – uh, probably take on a contract, I assume. This is a weird version of the Spurs that we haven't seen right. before, right? Yeah, this yeah. is not a team that's going for it. Took a step back by trading DeJounte Murray, but they know Keldon Johnson can be a support player uh, for the hopefully the star that they get in the coming draft. I think he could be a, a sneaky pick for most improved. You said like averaging like 22 per game. You jump up like from 17 to that and get some eyeballs, you know, if you're uh, oh, yeah. scoring that much. And I think it's very possible, like like you said, being like the main guy on this team. Um, I think you'll be in the mix there for an MIP. Um, but yeah, let's hear from everybody on the Keldon Johnson. I'm with you. Like he feels like the type of guy that's just like you can really put him on any team because he's like because he can hit the three. You know, he's a burly guy. He gets at it. He plays a lot uh, early in his career. Here, He's only 22. That's the other thing. Mm-hmm. He's very, very young. Uh, and so this is a great deal. I, I love this uh, this move here. And I think you're right, Tass. I think they're going to be one of these teams, the Spurs, by all accounts. Like, they're like, yeah, we'll take – hey, give us a pick and we'll take whatever dumb salary, whatever player <laughs> you don't want. Like, we'll absorb them because uh, it's really just them and the Pacers, right, with a ton of uh, mm. cap space now after no. the Aiton uh, got matched by the Suns. Yeah, and they sort of did that with – Josh Richardson. I know it's different uh, for Derek White, but Derek White was long-term money. Uh, th- yeah, this is it's a new team. Yeah, apparently Josh Richardson's on the block. Anybody can have him if they want him. Pirtle possibly uh, as well is um, a center that if you know you could see a bunch of teams like if like okay we don't want Miles Turner we don't want to go that direction whatever 
Pirtle is going to be a lot uh, more attainable, mm-hmm. probably, or a lot cheaper, I guess, to get. But we'll see what the Spurs do here. Uh, do you have any thoughts on the Donovan Mitchell Knicks Jazz trade talks? Again, Tess and I did like 45 minutes on it last I listened. week. Did I you? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, driving. Uh, driving in the car. What do you What do you think? Uh, do you think it's likely <laughs> Do the kids that he... like our talk? Or... <laughs> uh, uh, they were watching Sing 2, mm-hmm. you know. Um... So they like System of a Down now, which is good. Oh, that's, <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? That's it? <laughs> there's a little, there's chop a tiny suey? little uh, sliver of chop suey. Oh, wow. Cool. So I'm, I, I got to go back into the archives and find a video I have of you doing it because that'll bring the house oh, down. Uncle, Uncle Skeet's doing <laughs> chop suey. Uh, well, what about uh, J- JD's uh, <laughs> oh. sons were doing chop suey in the video? Anus of Uranus, <laughs> my new favorite band in the Decatur area? Come on. Shredding. <laughs> you have no idea how. Long Rachel and I tried to talk them out of that band name. Famous from your it's apparently it's a song. Like, how did this fly? And you know, we're pitching other names like what about what about like uh headed for Uranus or something, you know, something even like <laughs> if you're gonna go that yeah. way, then go that way. But uh yeah, they killed they it. Did. It was uh it was a, a good time. What else did uh, they do? Uh, they did Porcelain by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. They did uh Superfly by Curtis Mayfield, right. which uh, he Lincoln was very nervous about. It. He was singing, uh, so it was very high. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought he killed it. Um, and what was the other? Oh, uh, Like a Stone, Audio Slave. There you go. And uh, they learn they it's a band camp. They show up on Monday, they pick four songs, and then they perform on on Friday. So oh, okay, so, like, that's impressive. It's pretty fast, and uh, yeah, they they love it. They so, turn that around in four days. <laughs> yeah, four days. Four songs. Amazing. Four songs in that was four amazing. days. Yeah. The the bass player is eleven. He was cool. Oh, wow. okay. I had questions about the bass player. <laughs> like an adult, he had incredible uh, clothing too. Uh, yeah. Like you, apparently he regretted his choice the, the moment he showed up. Like he didn't get the memo. They all were supposed to wear hats and uh, graphic tees, which every all the other band, the rest of the band did. But uh, this guy showed up and. How would you like, describe what I he was wearing? I don't even know. Yeah. It was like raiding my dead grandfather's cruise wear, you know, <laughs> who was 800 pounds. Was, uh, yeah. Killer luck. And yeah. He's, a, he's, you know, he's 11, so he's short, but it, but he's kind of, you know, he's sort of like, he was wearing a fedora as well. So kind of looked like an adult, and the yeah. bass didn't help, right? Yeah, the yeah. bass was like this. That's why I was confused. I was like, "Is this an adult?" Is I was a guy sure. like on his knees <laughs> pretending to be a kid at this it camp. It totally looked like someone was look on like their that, knees. Right? Yeah, but uh, that's Mason. He killed it. He, he's not he's not. 11. Uh, yeah, eleven. Uh, kids are talented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. This Friday, they did. They're doing it again. So this Friday, four new songs. Four new songs, and they split up. My kids, they split up. Uh-oh. Oh, no. They're like, uh, yeah, we want to play with other people. I'm like, you know what? This is good because I have to sit through four bands, so now two of them I have a vested interest in. <laughs> right. So that's did, fine. They sp- did they split the band name? Did one get anus and one get Uranus? <laughs> Great question. We'll find wow. out. We will find out. Oh, and the other thing is that, that this band, a lot of horn players go to, but there were no horns this week because mm. uh, mandatory practice for marching bands the last week in July. Wow. Holy. They <laughs> take it heater. serious. Yeah. They take it very seriously here. So there are no <laughs> horns. So this week, I think the horns are back. So I'm looking forward to it. You know, I love, I love, I love a, a horn. horn. Yeah. I love a horn. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Hopefully somebody does careless whisper. Oh, no. oh that was I mean, on the list. I was, I, know, yeah. I was like pitching. 
Careless Whisper, then, then there were no saxes, so they were like, eh, I can't do it. Yeah, it doesn't hit quite the same. But Rachel and I are insufferable just pitching music at these kids, and they're like, oh, my God. Oh my All right. Okay, hold on. How did we get on to that? Oh, yeah. Donovan Mitchell. Uh, <laughs> he loves, he loves System of a Down. That yes, guy, that's, yeah. a, that's how we got there. Um, what do, you, do you think it's likely that uh, Mitchell ultimately ends up on the Knicks? And if so, Trey, what's it going to take? I think the Knicks makes the most sense. Uh, he's a New York guy. I think his dad used to work for the New York Mets. I don't know if he still does. Mm-hmm. Probably retired now that his son is in the NBA, I would guess. But it feels like he wants to get to the Knicks, and it's kind of felt like that for a while. So I guess we just need to decide what they're willing to give up because they're they're clearly in the lead. I think uh, Fred Katz broke it down as saying they basically have eight first-round picks, which they could change. That's a huge number. And as Fred mentions, you basically get to keep one thing from your team. Like, like uh, the Jazz are going to take every little bit, every asset you have, except for one thing. And it kind of feels like maybe they'll actually get to keep R.J. Barrett because Quentin Grimes seems to be more of the target uh, for Utah. So I guess we're kind of just waiting to see if the Knicks are going to have a chance at Kevin Durant. And then they would move to Donovan Mitchell, I think. I think uh, once it comes time to talk actual trades with the Jazz, they got to go after Jared Vanderbilt as well. Get him as a throw-in like you guys were talking about. Last week, they're going to need somebody who doesn't need the ball and can play some defense out on the perimeter. That would be a nice thing. So, Knicks makes the most sense to me. Um, I don't know if it's uh, the smartest move to roll out two six-one dudes as your yeah. as your backcourt. That being said, it feels like Mitchell and the Knicks are a match made in New York. And we saw Grimes and, I guess, uh, McBride balling at Summer League. They got to the finals, lost to the Blazers. Congrats to the Blazers on their championship at Summer huge, League. Got huge. the rings and everything. It's the Blazers. They shut down Grimes. They went after them. Right. Double teams. There you go. Don't come to the Western Conference, they oh, said. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Stay over there in the East. Uh, yeah, but any other thoughts on, on Mitchell happening? Is it just like at this point, it's like how many picks are they willing to depart with? And then, yeah. Is is Toppin in there? Is quickly in there? Is Grimes in there? Like, how many of these young players? Is that where we're at here? It feels like the Knicks have the lead amongst all the teams in terms of their draft capital, and that seems like what the Jazz want. And yeah, they could put it over the top with an RJ Barrett, or maybe they don't even have to. If or maybe the Jazz don't want him. <laughs> maybe. Well, that's uh, what people say that that they don't want to have to pay RJ Barrett. Right. Ultimately, Danny wants to you know start from square one there, Danny yeah. Ange, and and. And Z- Justin Zanuck there, I suppose. Uh, but you, the Durant issue is is lingering, and those two are still, you know, they're on different tracks, but you know, they're sort of on the uh, on the same path here. Kind of feels like Durant has to happen first, and I feel like the Nets, after trading a, a first round pick for Royce O'Neal for, for from the Utah Jazz, I feel like if they could, they would renege that deal right yeah. now. Is there a way they could? Could they say Royce O'Neal's knee isn't that great right now and t- take back the first round pick? And I bring that back. I bring that up because it almost feels like they should be doing what the Jazz are doing and just collect picks rather than go for it. And I know they don't have their own picks. Yeah, it's a problem. So, but that's a problem. But I do think that we're all going to be underwhelmed in terms of the players that they get back for Kevin Durant. I, I think we're all just going to say, well, and part of it is because we saw what Rudy Gobert got and – he obviously didn't go for a lot of great, great names in terms of players, but I think we're all just going to say oh, that's just not a great return for Kevin Durant. And I think they should they should restart instead of going after it with Royce O'Neal, uh, who's the other support player that uh, they got T.J. Warren. It's an, that, that's a fascinating team there. So you don't think we see a Mitchell trade until possibly we 
know what the hell's going on. I think they're going to happen within five minutes of each other. Wow. (laughs) Well, that'll be an emergency (laughs) podcast for sure. I hope it happens that way. Yeah. (laughs) Will we we split it up, you think? Do your own KD podcast, your own Donovan Mitchell? I mean, for the numbers, we should. Absolutely. Two two parts. Double. (laughs) 45 minutes space, hopefully. I I actually disagree with that. I'm starting to think, too, like more and more that, I I don't know, is anything going to happen with Durant here? Are they just going to, like, just everybody just relax during the summer here and we'll see in trading camp and then we'll uh we'll do this all over again whether he's either he's then committed to the team they have built or, or kept maybe what's going on with Kyrie who knows um or then they look at trading him but I think this Mitchell thing I, I think the deal is definitely in my mind it's been offered and then you know Danny Ainge is like no we want more give us more 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 mm-hmm. that's a classic Ainge like thing and that's fine like what's the real rush for them to be like trading Donovan Mitchell um and it'll just like They'll come to the agreement on whatever the players. But really, I've said this before to you. I think it's just all picks based. That's mm-hmm. why I don't think R.J. Barrett's going to be in it. Yeah, these young players from the Knicks, like some of them are really promising. They could turn into something special, maybe. But I think it's just they want all... They, they're probably asking for all eight picks. And <laughs> the Knicks would be silly to go that far. But, I mean, it's going to take probably five, six. It'll take a lot. I would think so. It'll if, take what what you got for Gobert, if you're sort of comparing it to that. Then. <laughs> so it's what? It was uh, three plus swaps for DeJounte Murray, right? Yeah. Four plus swaps for Rudy Gobert. Right. And, and the pick from the 22 yeah. draft, so it's sort of five. Like sort guy. of five. He seems like a five. Donovan yeah. Mitchell feels like a five to me, and then a six for Kevin Durant. Right. Yeah, and it, the only thing that I think would make it happen a little bit faster is if they're talking to the same teams. If Danny Ainge and Sean Marks are talking to the same teams and they're trying to outbid each other. They're trying to get the thing done. Right, right. But like so. from like in the Donovan Mitchell sweepstakes, all we really know, okay, the Knicks, and then the Heat's name always come up because it's like, oh, a star player's available. You know Pat Riley's <laughs> going to try and get them, um, but they just don't have any picks. So like are they just scrambling to try and get picks or another team involved and stuff like that? It's possible. But mm-hmm. like who else is in the Mitchell sweepstakes? Like I've thrown out the Hornets, but we haven't heard any report on that. Like I think they just have the draft capital to make it happen. Um, and I think he'd be a, a star that they don't usually have to add to LaMelo. But are there any other teams I'm missing? I mean, the Nets are sort yeah, of like lumped in here. Yeah, you see the Nets thrown into the mix. I've seen the Raptors thrown yeah, into the mix yeah. as well. It's kind of, if you're in the Kevin Durant sweepstakes, you're in the Donovan Mitchell sweepstakes yeah. kind of automatically just because you have the necessary assets right. to, to get into it. But it definitely feels like the Knicks are kind of going to be bidding against themselves. We'll see if they actually bid against themselves or if this ends up being another one of uh, Danny Ainge's Ooh, almost had him traded. Almost. So close. We almost got eight first-round picks. We'll we'll see. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Uh, let's get into the up-down report, JD. Preparing your tubes. It's the up-down report. Okay. Thumbs up or thumbs down? We got a new up-down report (laughs) graphic. JD's been busy this weekend. I like that one too, JD. You're on fire. 
You're on fire, man. Great. Thanks. <laughs> Good. <laughs> uh, all right. Up, down, report. You guys know how we do this. Thumbs up or thumbs down on these uh, these topics here. This first one. Last week, the NBA Board of Governors approved a change that will impose a heightened penalty when a defensive player commits a transition take foul. Uh, the offensive team will be awarded one free throw, which may be attempted by any player on the offensive team in the game, and they retain possession of the ball. Previously, the penalty for a take foul was like a common personal foul, unless you were in the bonus uh, on the offending player, and then just side out for the offensive team. So you're getting this free throw now, anyone that can take it. Um, are you up or down on the NBA's harsher penalty here for take fouls? What do you think, Trey? I mean, this is an easy up. Okay. People have been asking for this for years. I, uh, I think it was Zach Lowe who said this should be called the Jeff Van Gundy rule. Maybe it was Tom Ziller. Huh. One of those Zs, because nobody's been more vocal about it uh, than Jeff Van Gundy. But this was something that needed to happen. It's kind of been the case in FIBA. They've tried it in other leagues as well. NBA went the easy route here. I think a real deterrent would be, like, you just get a straight-up free point. You don't even have to make the free throw. We're giving you a point uh, for a take foul because players are still going to find ways to uh, make it look like you're going for a strip or something. You know, these aren't going to be blatant take fouls. Uh, So, yeah, smart move. I don't want to give them too much credit. This should have been done (laughs) quite a while ago. It's like I took out the garbage this morning. Nobody cared. <laughs> you know, that's what's ha- supposed to happen on Monday morning. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Tass? Well, I like what our man Kelly Dwyer said, and I, I know you, you threw it out there. Yeah, I was tweeting about it. He had a, I mean, I sense. can tell you right now, he thinks, like, sort of what, I mean, he's saying it should be way more stricter to, if you really want to get rid of this, like, is this going to change all that much? And what, and really, it's still like slowing down the game. Mm-hmm. Like, we still, now we have another free throw. The only person I know excited about that is Lee Ellis. <laughs> Uh, and so Kelly wrote in his newsletter, um, the, the second arrangement, that the NBA should award two foul shots and the ball to any team fouled intentionally on the break. And the NBA should also let play continue after the transition is sort of occurred. Now, I like that. Like, that's what they do in football. When you think of, like, there's a, there's a flag thrown on the defense. The offense gets a free crack at it. Like Free crack. I mean, you could do that. And then so that, you know, obviously keeps the, the hopefully the highlight plays coming and stuff like that. Like he's just saying you go get more aggressive with the with the penalty that in Kelly's mind, you know, this inf- this doesn't deter the infraction maybe all that much. But we'll see. Yeah, I, I right love the, the fast break continuing. Uh, that that would be the primary thing. Yeah. Whether we get one foul, two foul, the ball. It not only happens in football where the yeah, like let's say the you know, there's a there's an offside quarterback gets a free play, free shot right. at the end zone. It happens in hockey, uh, where there's Good point. Uh, until the the team that uh, you know uh, made the infraction touches the puck, the the, uh, the the other team can do whatever the hell they want with the puck. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it happen in soccer too, where there's an offside and they allow yeah, allow it yep, to happen yep. play an advantage. Yep. It happens in every sport. Yeah, why not basketball? Like, not Kelly's know. right. Because he's like, Kelly wrote, what changed? Now the point guard walks over to take the free throw. <laughs> like, the be- you know, the best shooter on the team goes and takes the, the point. I mean, it, it is a point you're giving up. Yeah. No, it is something. So will players, like, I mean, this is going to be fascinating to see. Like, will they remember this, you know? Because I think it's, like, second nature a lot of the time. Totally. Like, stop the totally. fast break. Just grab the guy. Um, and, yeah, now it will cost you, in theory, one point, whoever's that. Uh, goes and attempts the free throw. Yeah, maybe one point's not enough. We'll find but out. They should be able to change it mid-season, though, which they don't. Ooh, mid-season rules change. They <laughs> oh. do it with a basketball once upon a time. That's, <laughs> That's true. true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, by the way, under this new rule, teams may commit a take foul during the last two minutes of the fourth quarter 
and in the last two minutes of any overtime period. So you can still do it. Nice. <laughs> without triggering the, the heightened penalty. Good. For the purists. Oh, Isn't that weird? For the purists. That, that is weird. It. I think that would's gone under the radar a little bit. Uh, it's like, <laughs> yeah, in the final two minutes. I mean, because, and, and it, it said, I, I, I did it like, uh, I was reading about it on the NBA site. It said, this exception in the final two minutes of the fourth or in overtime, this exception will allow the defensive team to use the long-standing tactic of taking a foul to stop the clock during an attempted comeback or prevent the opposing team from potentially tying the game with a three-pointer. So I okay. guess that's where, the, yeah. Yep. So you can still do it a little bit, but I, I think Kelly's right. I think they, they could have been a little more aggressive with this, but it's a step in the right direction. We'll see. All right, next one. Russell Westbrook and his longtime agent, Wasserman's Thad Fouché. Have parted ways. Yeah, we got some agent talk here. Uh, in a statement to ESPN, Fouché cited irreconcilable differences and suggested that there was no longer full alignment with Russ. Fouché said he believes Westbrook's best option is to stay with the Lakers, embrace the starting role, and support that Darvin Ham publicly offered. We got the, the agent. Yes. Giving us statements to, to Woj at ESPN. <laughs> Here's what I think. He doesn't think that way. We're parting ways. I mean, he's been his agent since he was uh, his entire season or oh, his yeah. career, I mean. Yeah. Um, so I guess the question off this is, do you think, are you up or down on Westbrook playing for the Lakers at the start of next season? Huge down. I don't think he's going to be there. By the sounds of this, an agent who had been there with Russ his entire career, as you said, made lots of money with Russ, comes out and vocally says, Russ is making a mistake here. Just just frankly calling him out. The, the fact that he was with him the last three off-seasons where Russ was traded each and every off-season and now breaking with him at this point, I guess you could say if you were... Uh uh, if you're if you're being negative about it, if if you you, you thought that maybe uh, he's not going to get another contract, so what does Thad Fouché care about <laughs> about calling him out? But I, I don't think this is good. Thank you for doing the research, by the way. Well, I mean, I think it's Fouché. Oh, I, I mean, it's Canadian influence. Well, yeah, yeah I, I believe it is. I was going to go Foucher. <laughs> oh, okay, well, I, went, I definitely went with the French angle. <laughs> thank you. Uh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, no idea. Anyway, <laughs> new uh, name to me. <laughs> but he, but the fact that he's been with him and made so much money with Russell Westbrook, and just frankly just said, "Nah, I'm done with him." Just parting ways with him. He's essentially saying that Russell Westbrook doesn't want to do what Darvin Ham said, which is not be a superstar anymore. Right. Which is play off the ball a little bit, Russ. Playing the dunker spot, Russ. Yeah, you can initiate the offense a bit, Russ, but you got to play defense, Russ. So. Uh, the, his agent saying he's not going to do that. So, yes, it feels like he is done with the team. It feels like uh, the Lakers do not want to make him a superstar, number one. And uh, his agent said he doesn't like the idea of the Lakers attaching a pick to Westbrook for his, you know, the rest of his careers, the rest of his, his value for his future contracts, that that would deter how much money he's going to make. Right. Uh, so he thought this is the best route. I don't want to trade Jeff or be involved in a, in a fourth consecutive offseason where you're dealt. Yeah. And it just feels like now, uh, putting all the pieces together, we all thought that Russ, you know, wouldn't be up for this. And now, now it feels like it's absolutely true because after the exit interviews, where he frankly he blamed Frank Vogel for not getting enough of an opportunity when he was the starting point guard and had plenty of opportunity. Just feels like he's not going to go out the way Carmelo Anthony went out. Uh, he's going to go, you know, more of the Iverson route. And that's that's where we are. Well, what do you think about all this? This is crazy. <laughs> the agent. Uh, yeah, this is crazy. Uh, you don't see, you don't basically see an agent come out and say, thank you for all the money we've made together. We negotiated some <laughs> sick-ass contracts back in the day. 
but you're botching it here. Uh, and that's basically what, to me, Fad the Big Fooch Fouché is, <laughs> is saying here. Uh, he's saying... If you're not careful, you're going to turn into John Wall. Your contract right now at least has more value than John Wall's has in the past couple of years. It's weird to think back that like three years ago, we had three terrible contracts. Chris Paul, John Wall, and Russell Westbrook. And, you know, we've kind of hit like the <laughs> three different levels here. Chris Paul went to the finals. Westbrook is at least still playing. And now John Wall is finally going to be back yep. in the league. But he's saying, unless you adjust here... Things are not going the way you think they're going, uh, Russell Westbrook, but it feels to me like Westbrook is not taking his ex-agent's advice. Feels like Westbrook wants out, and clearly him and LeBron are not on the same page. I mean, surely things are getting overanalyzed with not saying hello to each other at Summer League. But, like, LeBron is friendly with the people he wants to be friendly Mm -hmm. to, and it's quite obvious when he isn't, and that's when it means you're gone. So, to me, it definitely feels like Westbrook will be gone before the start of next season. Well, according to uh, LJ Ellis of Spurs Talk, any relation to Lee, we'll have to uh, find out. (laughs) Lee Jr. Yeah, exactly. Uh, He says, and and he's been been right about things uh, before when it comes to the Spurs. Uh, According to his sources, I guess, the trade that is closest to happening involves Kyrie being sent to the Lakers and Russell Westbrook being routed to the Spurs. Uh, to facilitate facilitate that trade, sources tell me the Spurs want an unprotected first-round pick from the Lakers. So that goes to what you were talking about with San Antonio having space. Hey, we'll take a bad contract and we'll you give us a pick and we'll do that. No problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what LJ Ellis of Spurs Talk has. It, it sort of makes sense. Yeah. Trey brought up John Wall and Chris Paul. And those are two guys that Russell Westbrook has been traded for over the last few years. 2019, it was Chris Paul and three picks for Russell Westbrook. The next year, it was John Wall and one pick from Russell Westbrook. And then last year, from the Wizards to the Lakers, it was this whole five-team jumble. And now it's going the other way. I bring up the picks because now you have to attach a pick to Russell Westbrook (laughs) to get dealt. And, yeah, there aren't a lot of teams. We're talking about the Kyrie Irving sweepstakes that want Kyrie Irving. There's one. It sure seems like. But I don't think there are any that currently want Russell Westbrook uh, as as their starting guard. I'm not I'm not sure that there is. If it's the Spurs, it's it's strictly for for dollars, uh, and th- there isn't a deal like there was last year. It, it doesn't feel like where um, the team wants him to be their starting guard. So whether it's Thad Foucher or a Thad Touche or Thad uh, uh, I don't know I don't know a Thad Voucher like you have to you have to you have to take <laughs> you're asking for a voucher uh, for Russell Westbrook at this point it one, is a strange one year trade voucher yeah. if he if he does He's a Darvinham right. asks it's it's honestly different I think yes. Thad is right on he this is totally one totally right if he plays one season if if he moves off the ball if he cuts oh and if he plays defense right the value is back. Right. It ain't going to happen. And Fad, uh, you know, working super closely with Russell Westbrook is probably like, it finally turned around on me. I've seen this happen with coaches. I've seen this happen with teammates. I'm finally out. I think Thad's just tired of, like, having to worry about helping him find a new house and move. <laughs> like, every Three summer he's got to do that. Yeah, this should be his – Thad should be doing nothing during the summer. <laughs> I mean, now he's – every time this guy's getting traded. Um, but, yeah, wild to see him, like, with that statement saying, no, you – He's basically telling everybody his plans, like uh, that he doesn't want to be there, and I'm with you, Taz. I think it's pretty unlikely that he's going to be playing with LeBron there at the start of next season. But where is he going to go? Is where gonna... is he going yeah. to play? Yeah. Because yeah, the forty-seven point one million dollars, I think, uh, what he'll be making next year. Yeah, the re- the return has been picks, picks, and now you have to attach a pick for Russell Westbrook. So it's it's totally true. He should be standing, staying there. Mm-hmm. 
Voucher is correct. Fouché, I'm sorry. I don't know. <laughs> Nobody knows. <laughs> All right, next one here in the up-down report. Old school is back in session. Uh, last week, the Spurs unveiled their 22-23 Nike NBA Classic Edition uniforms that pay homage to the team's storied 50-year legacy. Now, this iconic uni was made popular by the Iceman. George, oh, the Iceman got cut off there. Uh, sorry, Iceman. <laughs> the Slice Man. <laughs> uh, Spurs legend, George Gervin there. Yeah, rocking those. Um, Trey, up or down on uh, the 50th anniversary throwback jersey? Oh, these, yeah. are, these are great. These look awesome. Yeah. Uh, very slick. Uh, hopefully, they'll be allowed to wear gold chains, just like George <laughs> Gervin was Ooh, there. Nice. I've got a little concern. Um, the, the monochrome, you know, like black words, black numbers on a black jersey. Maybe it doesn't show up great on TV. But it looks sick. Uh, so I kind of cool. think that the Spurs are moving into their next uh, genre of team, their next era of team. Greg Popovich won't be there forever. Keldon Johnson isn't going to be the high scorer for all time. But whenever they finally do get to their next star, this has to be a part of their rebrand. The black on black looks awesome. We've seen the Fiesta things for the past you know, three or four seasons at this point. Always a cool look. But I really like this uh, all dark look here. Kind of Johnny Cassius. I guess he's not technically a, a spur or a, a Texan, but uh, feels like still one. feels like a Texan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, feels like a Texan to me. Uh, what do you think? Thumbs up or thumbs down on these? A big thumbs up, and it's good to see George Gervin back in his uh, slick days. I mean, he's a slick looking guy. You know, we had him on our show. It's always nice to see them back in their heyday, uh, rather than uh, you mean you know, a picture of them. Back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what else would I be telling you? Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah, there's no. We didn't movie. have pictures of him up until today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I mean, they just didn't come up. George Gervin is one of those uh, sort of yeah overlooked superstars Definitely. in the yeah. game. Yeah. And no, there isn't a, a new movie called Rise about George Gervin uh, <laughs> about about his. But there are photos which have been revealed and J- oh, in- JD rectified yeah, here right on now, YouTube. JD. Putting them in the full screen, getting them in there. Yeah, I didn't know if that was my fault, JD, or uh, something going on there with the. Uh, oh, hundred percent mine. Oh, hundred okay. percent. All right, it looks great. Always taking now we can the blame. See him. Yeah. Always taking one for us. What were we gonna I say? Was gonna he was say, in. Uh, oh yeah, the Iceman. He was in uh, Top Gun. Nice. <laughs> you, you didn't see Top Gun this weekend. No, I saw it last weekend. Oh, or, you're a busy man. Movie man. I, I went and saw a movie. Uh, I saw Thor. I know Thor. Yeah. Yeah. It's all right. Ah, better than Doctor Strange. Ugh. God. You didn't like Doctor Strange? That movie sucked. Uh, better than Eternals. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, honestly, you're right. I didn't mind a scary movie. I'm interested in seeing just, uh, Thor, but... Uh, Thor's fine. Yeah. I saw they're all that. fine. That's the problem now. Yeah, they're, they're all yeah. fine. Yeah. I watched uh, I'm a Minions, The Rise of oh, Gru. Did you wear a suit? <laughs> did you see this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Me, and, uh, me and the family, we all put on suits because our money's grew. No doubt about it. Uh, did you cry? I heard there's a... No. Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> What? Apparently I'm crying now from the suggestion. <laughs> like crying in a Minions movie? I watched Apparently. it too, and I forget the tearjerker of a scene. I don't know. That's, I haven't seen it. So. <laughs> but I saw someone on Twitter say they were uh, tearing up out of their one eye. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nice. JD, have you seen uh, Thorns or Minions? Uh, yeah. I have seen neither. Okay. Yeah. you got to watch Rise again. Yeah, exactly. Got too many too many chores to do before I get to the good stuff. But now I'm I'm now I'm lukewarm on it. I was lo- really looking forward to that one. But yeah, I would you know. just go in. It's fine again. Maybe I'll just wait. It'll be on Disney Plus in a month. So yep. Yeah, but then you don't get that Dolby sound. <laughs> yeah, you don't true. get to see Nicole Kidman tell you about the magic of movies. 
Nice. <laughs> Wait, what? Nicole Kidman at the start of every movie at AMC. Like, there's yep, like a yep. video. Watch yeah, by herself. Movies. Damn, I've been she there got a cool for a while. suit on, though. Uh, I saw Top Gun telling me, uh, welcome to the movie the- theater oh, for Top Gun. Tom, Gru- yeah. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise, yeah. <laughs> that was weird. Tom Cruise. <laughs> Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> There's gotta be a Photoshop of that already. Tom Cruise. Yeah, how weird was that, JD? It was. He's weird. like, hey, I'm, t- I'm Tom Cruise. Welcome yeah. into the theater. Uh, he, honestly, he was just doing that to say, all this. This was me in the plane. Because that's what he says. Yeah, yeah. Like all this is not not uh, digitally enhanced. This is me flying a plane. Yeah, which is all right. It's pretty cool, <laughs> but it is like okay, Tom. We know, we know. Yeah. By now, we know. Yeah, right. And then the rest of them. The, the, those of us who know know, and those of us who don't know literally don't care. They just don't care. So, did you like it? Uh, I liked it way more than I thought I would. I, I didn't like the original, really. Right when it when it came out, I was like, oh god, this is. And then we rewatched it for the kids because we knew we were gonna watch. We watched it while we were in Nova Scotia. Oh, okay. And uh, you know, they were like, what, what? What do we have to say? The sequel to this thing? Oh, wow. I was like, yeah. it it really doesn't hold up all that well. Right. But you didn't mind the sequel. I liked the sequel. Yeah, I did I too. I was into it. I, I did too. Uh, I thought it was a yeah, slow start, and then it got going. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. That's how movies <laughs> used to be. <laughs> what? Slow start? Slow start. <laughs> okay. It's like, let's set the scene, guys. It's true. Now it's just like, hey, we're in it. And then 20, 24 hours earlier, you know. Like, okay. I've already paid. I'm not leaving. So just, you know, <laughs> that's a uh, that's so true. The, when they when they started remaking Star Trek with um, whichever Chris was in it, I remember the first time we watched it was over at Ken and Nate's back in the day, and we watched like the whole first battle. And I was like. Is the movie over? <laughs> it was like yeah. ten minutes in. And it felt like we'd watched a whole yeah. movie already. Start it slow. I is like that, that. Is that Pine? Well, Pine is in. He plays uh, Kirk, but actually yeah. Hemsworth plays his father, I believe. And I think that's the opening scene. It maybe. is the opening scene. Oh, wow. So they give you a teaser, Chris. Yeah. Huh. A little appetizer. Yeah. Chris. The Chris's. Uh, but Pine is the best Chris, though, right? Yeah, he seems pretty I mean, cool. Put a survey up. Pretty sure. All right. Just overall. Well, who are they there? We got Pratt. Pratt. Give Pratt some love. Ooh, Hemsworth is great. He, he's coming in last they're all, in the fold, They're all good Chris's. <laughs> he's, he's just underrated is what I'm saying. Like, Pine is a solid. Mm-hmm. He's always great. That's like the it's wood. It's a tree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Pine, actually, not the smoke. No, solid. It's not, though. It's we live in Georgia. Yeah. They're falling all over the place. <laughs> okay. Uh, JD, I'm putting you on the spot. You didn't have a chance to grab the calves, Eunice, did you? Right. Damn right. No, no that's did. fine. I, I did. did. Wow. Of course I did. You called Jesus. him out. You called him out. Of course Well, this guy's like been talking the whole podcast. How do you do this? What the hell are these? <laughs> <laughs> no, the calves, uh, this is from the site. Hold okay. On. Hold on. These look uh, like shit. Well, <laughs> well, too much this is the presentation. Oh, now we, here, here we go. Here we go. Yeah, oh, why I didn't did even they... know that there are these. This was a weird uh, design decision to put them on the yeah. the same colored background. Anyway, we're showing these to everybody listening to the podcast on YouTube here. Uh, okay, new cast jerseys, whatever. Uh, we saw, I mean, <laughs> did we already cover this? Yeah, I mean, the, the logo for sure. Yeah. I think we did. But we covered the logo, look. but now they are on the clothing. Yeah. Any thoughts on these, Trey? They remind me a little bit of the new jazz jerseys we're going to see yes. in that they're simple. pretty simple. Yeah. yeah, that seems to be the look right now, I guess, that teams are going for is like a stark, uh, very simplified look, which, you know, can look clean on a court, but also can look a little underdone summer league Yeah, think, unfortunately. Yeah, well, ooh, oh, hello. Goodness. Look at JD's on top This of guy's it. the top gun. <laughs> 
<laughs> I just happened to have them from last time. <laughs> yeah. So now we're looking at the Jazz jerseys. Yeah. <laughs> the Bumblebees. Now, these are better than the Cavs, I would say. I think I agree. Uh, uh, I mean, it's close. It's point. It it's is. Point. It, yeah, I think it's a little unfair because we're not seeing the Cavs' full lineup while we're seeing the Jazz's full lineup. Fair. So, you know, yeah. if, if you were just seeing the middle two, that's penny versus penny. Those are mm. like overly simplified <laughs> summer league jersey versus summer league jersey. I guess the Cavs think they can get away with it because there's a Jumpman logo on them. You know, that, that's the most interesting part on these Cavs jerseys. I guess the net. I like the gold. Um, not on. Yeah, I love gold. I love gold. <laughs> hey, okay. uh, let's get to simple, something very uh, simple. A lot better than those. A photo of uh, Tyler Hero's <laughs> new chest tattoo. Enough shirts, just chests. <laughs> no work, no check. Now I, uh, I did some checking on that. He had those words yeah. already, and then he has uh, now added this. Uh, a lion? No, what it is? That's what people are saying. Yeah. Okay. Uh, lion tattoo across the chest. I mean. The eyes not being the nips. Yeah, disappointing. Really screwed that up. But, uh, there you go. Uh, up or down? TK, you get us started here on Tyler Hero's new chest tattoo. Uh, up. Uh, up, definitely, though. I'm with you. If you're getting the face tattooed on your chest, you got to use the nipples as eyes. <laughs> I do think, uh, but man, what a strange progression to go from the words, like you're saying. Then I think he added the cross and the numbers next. And then filled it in with the oh, lion. Okay. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, he also has a Milwaukee Brewers tattoo <laughs> like on, on his left hip, which is uh, pretty cool. He's a Milwaukee guy, I suppose. That's a good logo. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, don't, yeah. I would like to. I would actually like to get a chest tattoo. I think they're pretty cool <laughs> in general. Don't but get this one, man. I don't think I would get that one. And I think I would choose my final product before I go in for the first ones. Because it feels to me like he's just uh, just beefing it up as yeah. time goes on. Like, next he's going to add the nose and the mouth to the lion. And if he does, you better use that belly button as the mouth, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I keep looking at it, too, that the – I keep thinking it's his chest hair, where it's, like, dark at the top of the lion's face there. <laughs> Looks like a, like a patch of chest hair <laughs> around the cross. Doesn't seem to be a very hairy guy. No, he ain't no. Tyler Harrow. <laughs> uh, Tass, thumbs up or thumbs down on this, or what do you think? Go for it, I guess. I have no feelings, really. Um, <laughs> it's horrible. What are we talking about? It's, it's not, not good. It's not, it's not good, but it, I think he made the no work, no check better, I think. <laughs> it did look weird, just no work, yeah. no check. Could have put no dunks on there, no bunts, no buffs, no breaks. <laughs> no service, no shoes. No pucks is coming. Um, I, I hear what you're no saying. No regrets. No regrets. Uh there is another NBA player, I think a past NBA player, retired NBA player, that has something very similar. I, th- I thought I saw Gilbert a split Arenas, screen. I Gilbert thought, uh, Gilbert had a similar sort of like yeah. his. What was I don't know if his was a lion or a tiger, but it was cool when they made it, and then they made that free Darko shirt. Great yeah, shirt. Oh, that's yeah. that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, I think it was a tiger. Yeah, it was a little different, but even that, the problem is, I'm not certain if it was a tiger. Number one, yeah. Number two, I'm not certain if this is a lion. I I don't know either. Like you, that's what everybody's saying it is, but. You throw that back up, I'm like... It could be a cougar. It could be a bird, for crying out loud. Like That could not be a bird. No? (laughs) (laughs) Why? Don't you dare say that. No bird, no check, no bird. (laughs) (laughs) The eyes, man, the eyes. Uh, You know, a bird has to be... Oh, that looks like a hawk. No chance, bro. (laughs) The the eyes are on the front of the face there, the front of the chest. Uh, A bird's eyes are on the side of the side. Oh, JD, come on, you don't see if you squint... 
If I, I squint, like, yes. If I squint and use my imagination, yeah. maybe. I agree. I agree, Skeets. It could be a big bird. Not not the yellow one, yeah. but a big. A large bird. A large, large-sized bird. Mm. Uh, I'll sh- I know a better tattoo I saw this past weekend. <laughs> this no-dunks tattoo. Oh, yeah. From Connor? Connor. In, in Perth there, down under. Look at this. Now this is a tattoo. No dunks ink. He's got the ink in there. He's got it like the Vegas sign. There's a lot going on in this tattoo. It looks like uh, you know it's pretty big. What do you think, Trey? That's uh, that's pretty nice. That's really cool. Um, a lot of the tattoos that we've seen in the past for no dunks have kind of been like something inspired by the show. You know, like maybe Lee's two thumbs, maybe just one of our logos, something like that. This is completely like. Could be anything, but it says No Dunks Inc., which I think is very, very cool. Like, you don't have to know the show to think this is just a cool-looking tattoo. Right. right. Very right. nice. We should we should talk to Connor and, the, art, and the artist and maybe turn this into a damn T-shirt. Mm. That's sick. At least for Summer League next year. This might sound ridiculous, Skeets. Okay. There used to be a Chicago Bulls shirt that had all of Dennis Rodman's tattoos all over it. What if we made a No Dunks one that has all of the various No Dunks tattoos that we've mm. seen? It was Ooh. like a white shirt and just had, you know, like his arm tattoo where his arm tattoo was. We're getting to get. We're getting close enough. We just need somebody to get one around their belly button. <laughs> <laughs> Some be- See? Oh, yeah. Come on. There's the starters line. This is like a Lee Ellis like archive right here. Right <laughs> oh away. man, those are nice. Those are nice. Yeah, we're looking at a wedgie. We're looking at Lee's cartoon character face. Yep. there. Um, <laughs> oh, I forgot about this. A turnip. A turnip. <laughs> the most cryptic one. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Great. It's yeah. awesome. All right. Well, maybe we'll do a, a tattoo no-dunk shirt. Let us know if you'd be into that. Um, I like it. I think there's something there. Great stuff. Better than Tyler Hero's tattoo. I'll tell you that. <laughs> you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, <laughs> I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? (laughs) You mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Okay, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Trey Kirby. Oh. You know, you've been gone for a while. I said, let's give him the honors. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't done anything in the last little bit. You give find him a, a tweet. strenuous task. <laughs> See if he's up to it. Yo, I'm up to it, Skeets. It's actually an easy one. We had a huge, huge basketball game over the weekend. Not in the NBA. Nope. Not in the WNBA. 
Not even the Portland Trailblazers winning the Summer League Championship behind Trendon Watford's MVP <laughs> performance. We're talking about the Drew League here. We're, of course, talking about the MMV Cheaters versus the Black Pearl Elite. <laughs> Two of the finest teams in the Drew League. <laughs> yes. Which brings us to our tweet of the night. Comes to us from Ball is Life. How it feels guarding LeBron. <laughs> he showed up to the Drew League for the first time in 11 years. Hung 42 and 16 on the Black Pearl Elite. And here he is, Close guarded game. by Dion Wright. Dion Wright. <laughs> With the very scared face look uh, against LeBron shooting the fadeaway here. LeBron did knock down the fadeaway, like I said, 42 and 16 for LeBron. And man, I mean, there's good players in the Drew League. This guy here, Dion Wright, played for St. Bonaventure. He averaged 17 a game in D1. And LeBron had 42 and 16, and it looked like LeBron was playing about 30% yeah. speed, which is just tells you the different levels there. Great attitude, though, from Wright. He tweeted, LeBron dropped 40 and I had 20. For every two points he had, I had one. Awesome. That's really a once-in-a-lifetime player. We had no NBA guys. They had two, and we only lost by two. If LeBron doesn't show up, we win for sure. I think DeMar DeRozan said the same thing about the NBA once upon a time. Yep. DeRozan was a teammate there with LeBron uh, for the Cheaters. 30 and 14 for DeRozan. Looking forward to seeing those two guys on the Bulls in the future. <laughs> Honestly, this was pretty cool to see LeBron That's showing amazing. up to the Drew League. People were packed in there. A tiny gym to see the biggest star in the league. And as we've found out on Instagram, people just love pickup highlights. Oh, yeah. They love it. So this was really cool. The NBA obviously put the stream on their app. Yeah. It worked for some people, <laughs> but there were other ways you could see it as well. And so if only you saw clips, uh, it was cool to see. And honestly, like, Dion Wright was playing pretty hard against LeBron. It's like, damn right. if you had to guard LeBron, you better give it your all. Yeah. Even if he busts your ass, who cares? <laughs> who At least cares? it was LeBron who was busting your ass. There was a great tweet going around. If LeBron showed up to your league, how many points would you hold him to? Hold I think it's him two. Hold him to. <laughs> we play on Wednesday nights. Yeah. We play up to eight by ones and twos. We usually play about seven games. Yeah, we'd hold him to 56 points. Yeah, I think we could hold him to 52. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, two assists, though. Two assists dishing out to Kelvin for three. Oh, passing's his most underrated skill. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> uh, that was cool, though. Uh, it, it looked awesome. Yeah. I don't know if you caught any of the highlights or saw some of the stuff of LeBron at the Drew League. Yeah, well, I saw the tweets coming through that it was on the NBA app. Yeah. So, yeah, of course I clicked. This is the summer. Many things to do. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, jumped in there. Underneath all the Summer League games was this Drew League game that you could just click on and jump into and – I didn't necessarily care about what LeBron was doing, but just the atmosphere. Yeah. Like any time uh, an NBA player shows up to a, a pickup court. Yeah, it was a blast to watch there. The DeMar getting into it highlights. Oh, yeah. Uh, with his defense. Yeah. DeMar was angry. He was, you know, he was obviously that, – that dude was giving it his all. A little too much. He was, like, much. clapping right in his face. Uh, yeah, him. so you don't do that to DeMar DeRozan. If you get under DeMar's skin like that, you must be doing something right, I guess. <laughs> well, it was a thrilling 104-102 game there. You would think the team with two NBA players would easily handle the Black Pearl Elite. But... This is the, that was the plan. That was yeah. the plan. You think LeBron wants to go in there and win a blowout by 50? That's yeah, not fun. Boring, yeah. Bring it down into the final two minutes or whatever. We've seen LeBron. LeBron takes games off in the NBA Finals. You think he's playing hard for three quarters of a game in the Drew League? <laughs> no, Come true. on. This was how it was meant to be. There was... 
I don't know if there was betting lines anywhere, but if you thought this was going to be a 10-point game, you're crazy. Oh, you're crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, there was, um, I, I don't know the, the guy's name. Uh, I think he was a white guy. Like, he, LeBron, on when he dunked once, the <laughs> yeah. guy jumped. You see this? Like, no. he jumped, and then in midair, like, he bailed. Like, <laughs> arms down. Pulled the parachute, and like, yeah, arms down. I'm not getting dunked on. But everybody's like, you should do the opposite. Like, you should be dunked on by of LeBron. Or you should have went for oh, it. And yeah. who knows, too? Like, you know, you get lucky and... Somehow block him, then yep. then there's the highlight for life. Uh, yeah. but probably he, probably not blocking LeBron if he. No, probably if he not. Has. But but the but point get is, in, get dunked on. Yeah, yeah, get on the poster. Yeah, get on. You're the, you're not in a highlight. You're right, either in right. a highlight with LeBron James or not in a highlight with LeBron James. Right. I'd pick a highlight. Right, even if you're getting yeah, dunked. Of course, on. it's LeBron James. Yeah. I don't know who it was. Had a uh, was guarded by LeBron and had a spin move and hit a nice fadeaway and the crowd went wild. Like uh, I would have that on my phone showing people. <laughs> Anytime I was near a basketball, hey, do you see this? That's me spinning on LeBron and knocking a jumper down in his face. Good stuff. Hey, way to come back with a great tweet. Yeah, honestly, it was easy. It was easy. Thank you to LeBron. <laughs> and Bowles. What an assist from LeBron showing up oh. at the game. Just so I could have an easy tweet. The guy really can't pass. All right, let's call it there, guys. We got podcasts coming all week long. Like I said, we got no buns for sure on Wednesday. We got film session later in the week breaking down the Giannis movie uh, Rise so check that out if you haven't already and jump in and uh, have some fun with us Uh, special guests still coming through talk about it I was going to reach out to Giannis too you know why not I feel like I feel like you wouldn't 1% chance maybe like alright I'll talk about my movie with you guys what do you think, Taz? I know some people who know some people That's who know. That's what I'm saying. I mean, you know should Yadis be the one reaching out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, he can reject us for sure. The, the guest that we have lined up is not Giannis, uh, but I think you're going to really enjoy uh, this person nonetheless. Email in your NBA questions. We could always use them. I'm sure we'll hit the beach at some point. No dunks at theathletic.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, at No Dunks Inc. And subscribe to The Athletic. Go to theathletic.com slash no dunks for a great deal and so they know that we sent you. That's it. You guys got anything else? Home run derby tonight. Yeah, All right, baby. let's get some picks. Who's going yard the most? <laughs> I know Trey made his picks. He's already thrown them out there. Oh, on Twitter, yes. Juan? Juan Soto for okay, me. Okay. Yeah. Guy that just turned down $500 million. <laughs> said not enough. <laughs> said 440. Get up to 500 and then we can talk. He also said he wants to hit the longest opposite field home run in home run derby history. <laughs> okay. So I heard that. I was like, he's going to win because that's a mm. weird thing to want to do. <laughs> right, Pete Alonso going yeah. for uh, his third home run derby in a row, I guess, because it was yeah. off the one year. Yeah, Soto is an interesting one because uh, he said that the home run derby helped him in the second half. And usually uh, people, uh, you know, judging it will say, oh, that kind of that would, that would hurt a guy. You know, going in the home run derby, they don't usually do that kind of thing. But he said it helped him. So Soto's a good pick because he's excited about it. I'm going Ronald Acuna because yeah, I want to see some ice tray. Yeah, cold. He does the brawn too, the push down on the knees thing. I mean, I'm excited. Uh, is the home run derby back? Like, this it is, is the pretty most back. I've heard people talk about it in a long <laughs> it time. It is pretty, pretty back, I would say. Get some, like, I guess they get pretty good young talent in it now that's really good yeah everybody wants to go in and then Pujols <laughs> yeah, yeah and an yeah. old guy yeah perfect right. yeah, it's, it's just like it is almost like a nice combo of three point contest and dunk contest because on one hand you're like let's see how many of something you can do but also how cool can you make it the hitting it far versus the hitting a lot of them. right so right kind of splits the difference it would be cool if they could like do like freestyle spin move bat <laughs> <laughs> bat oh. swings but uh, just stick to hitting it out of the park guys alright All right. well he's some uh See some dingers tonight. Will you guys be live tweeting this? 
probably will be, won't you? Yeah, I'll be live tweeting. Yeah. I wanted to, yeah, I, yeah, I wanted to stream. I wanted to be on. Uh, oh, but, playback. Yeah, playback. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, I think uh, I can't. So. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> all right. Well. So bottom line is, I will tweet. It's not happening. Yeah, right. uh, at Tasmelis, at Trey Curry. These guys yeah, will be tweeting about dinner. Yeah, but we tonight. got Julio in there, the most famous Julio in MLB history. Julio Rodriguez, Schwarber. Wow. Uh, yeah, we got a Seager. Lots. You don't like Franco? What? Julio Franco is cool. Yeah, I mean, Franco's, yeah. Franco's forearms, amazing. Those are those are amazing. Like he could start a, a baseball game. Like you know, Cruz, Tom Cruise comes up and starts talking about, oh yeah, I flew a plane. Julio Franco held a bat that was pointed at the pitcher, and then turned it around and hit dingers. I mean, the forearm strength on that guy. Clever Bros. <laughs> you heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, don't know if you've heard, but uh, Kenny Beecham is coming on <laughs> No Bunts this week to talk about throwing out the first pitch at a White Sox game. I- I'm excited. I got to be Damn honest. Right. I love Kenny. All right. Brace the day, people.